Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th. And remember, we all flourish with joy. I'm Macca and uh, there'll be other voices you hear apart from our guests, which will be uh, Dave Allen or, or Paul. Um, you know, should they wish to ask a question, whatever. Our next guest on the phone is Neil Farrow. And uh, Neil's become a bit of a regular and he's going to talk to us, uh, he's going to give us an update on Australian civil society. Now, some of you might wonder what that is. So, Neil, welcome. Welcome. It's great to be here. Great to have you back. Can you explain to our listeners what is your fascination with and what is Australian civil society? So Australian civil society, it's an interesting term, but it encompasses sort of not-for-profits and organisations that are doing work in the community, organisations that are advocating or supporting activities and, and just showing a general interest or working in and around public policy areas. So these could be organisations from sort of the Smith family and Benevolent Society at sort of the larger scale through to sort of even Joy FM and, you know, Thorn Harbour Health and community groups like Midsummer and Mardi Gras at a much more local level. And together they represent what you'd call Australian civil society. So all of the sort of community and not-for-profit organisations that sort of create the beautiful patchwork um, that we say is, is civil society in Australia. It's <clears throat> So I suppose the name itself is, is why people, of course everyone wants a civil society, but I suppose when we talk about it like that, people need to understand uh, what we mean by that. So thank you for that. Um, so how is Australian civil society? Sometimes I think it's a bit uncivilised, but is, you know... How's it going? Yeah, yeah how's it going? So I think one of the one of the historical quirks that we've had over sort of what's called the civil society movement or, or people working in that space is the opportunity to kind of have discussions and disagreement and to throw ideas out there and, you know, argue and debate and discuss how to make improvements to things and, and sort of how you can make things different. And I think... There's a little bit of a concern in Australia over sort of what's called a shrinking space for civil society. So this is, for instance, when government cuts funding to organisations that are involved in advocacy or where we criminalise things like protests, um, which has happened in a number of states in Australia. And, and you might refer to that or you might see it in papers as as being spoken about as a shrinking space for civil society. Mm. And so it's sort of it's really important in those sorts of areas that we we hold some of the lessons and learnings that we've had over an extended period of time and, and try and keep those spaces and places open to have debate and discussion and dialogue and things like that. I think one of the challenges, Neil, is, you know, you don't, uh, you know, you have, you and I and others, we have less of a challenge with having our voice heard because we have a platform or, you know, we have a network and that civil society doesn't, always or isn't always successful at giving you know people that don't have that ability a voice is that is that a fair comment look i think that is a fair comment and it's also a challenging um perspective if you consider sort of some of the ethical theories over this so you yeah. know let's take an example the lgbti communities give or take nine percent of the population um you know should we have nine percent of airtime? and some people argue you should or some people argue 
you shouldn't and, and they'll have different reasons around that. And I think it's just important to recognise that there's even disagreement around sort of who says what or who has the power to speak and, and what those things are. But I do fully agree with you that I think historically we haven't necessarily had the spaces and places for lots of people to comment or we've had systemic issues that have just prevented them from, from being able to contribute and have voices heard. And, and that's why it's really important to hold some of these big fundamentals around, you know, the right to protest and, and the right to, you know, activate in civic and democratic ways and, and participate in societies. It's also really important for organisations that represent the community. So, you know, Joy FM is a community-controlled organisation, Thorn Harbour Health, community-controlled organisation. And these are the real opportunities where you can actually have those voices in civic space sort of amplified and, and we can get a diversity of views in those areas. Neil, David Allen here. I wanted to ask you a question about the place of future societies in the current civil society. We have so much going on now that is going to affect future generations in terms of housing, in terms of the environment, especially due to rapid climate change. Is the infrastructure building now for us to be able to advocate for the civil society of the future, I suppose? Unfortunately, we've had a, a decline in sort of government support for civil society institutions. Now, you know, in this space, and, and I'm not religious, but, you know, religious organisations also form part of a broader civil society. And if you look back 50 or 100 years ago, you know, your local scouts hall would get their building given to them or they'd get some land or, you know, a church would be able to have an allocation of land or even community groups used to, you know, the state or local governments would give them sort of land grants or infrastructure or capacity. Now, as times progress, we're actually seeing this happening less and less often. So we're actually undermining the capacity of future movements and future civil society to get involved and, and partake because they may not have the assets or they may not have the finances. Um, and then there's the broader issue that you've alluded to around things like housing and climate change that is really an intergenerational inequality issue. And it's really only if you create spaces for people to contribute in that debate do we get a better outcome. Now, these are big ideas, though, that we're talking about. I was reading uh, this week... We're going to have serious problems with water and food. I mean, we're talking staples. Why aren't people um, standing up and paying attention and getting moving on these subjects that are going to cause, you know, such dispossession in the future? Look, it's a really interesting one. We've had, um, and this will be my sort of slight political bias coming up, but we've had a very long period of, of intense individualism in society. So, you know, probably 40 years since Reagan and Thatcher of, of very much all about me and, you know, what's in my best interest. And you get a recurring issue there where if everyone's focused on the individual, they forget that we're part of a broader community. And so issues like climate change, you know, let's take that as an example, something I'm passionate about. At an individual level, you either become sort of non-plus, so it's kind of like, what's my role and how can I make a difference? But it's recognising that if all of us make a small difference, we actually make catalytic change. And so I think there is a tension over sort of that individualism versus collectivism um, around big issues that are facing us. Um, and don't get me wrong, in my late 30s, and I also think there's some huge generational inequalities that have existed over you know, the generation that may come before us who have contributed and, and the generations that come after who will be sub subject to the consequences. Neil, is, this, is really this a failure of... Sorry, sorry, jumped in there. I thought no, you no. Is this a failure of the marketplace? If you look at the idea of capitalism without human intervention, let's make that clear, uh, it should be able to adapt and inform itself to, you know, continue productivity and deal with 
these issues that we're going to be facing as society changes and as the planet changes. But it's not. I mean, Paul just passed me a note saying, is this an issue of collective selfishism or has the market failed to some extent to adapt? Look, I think it's actually both of those issues. So, you know, we've known about what's called the tragedy of the commons, which is if you have a shared area, it gets overused and abused. Mm. Um, and that's a, a phenomenon that's been known for sort of hundreds of years. But what we've also got under capitalism is we've developed systems where it's really easy to create what's called a negative externality. So a complex word, but, you know, I produce plastic, but the pollution I'm belting into the air, I don't pay for. And so it is a market failure because we've actually um, separated the costs and consequences of things. So, you know, I can, I'll give you another example. I can pump bore water out of the ground and use that to turn into a mineral water. You know, I sell my mineral water a shop, but the farmer next to me doesn't have access to that water but I've got no consequence as a result of that. Mm. So I think there is actually examples of market failure. I think you're seeing governments, you know, if you have a look at Australia swinging back to Labor and even the Federal Treasurer saying, you know, markets are great, but they're not perfect. Um, and I think we've been, you know, begging at the, the god of capitalism for 40 years. And I think there is some sort of rectification that's probably needed because we can't have growth year on year because it just means we consume more. Like we're already consuming more than our planet can sustain. And this is why it's really important to stand up for, you know, the laws that have come in in a number of states that prevent protest. We should all be worried about those, you know, laws that prevent people commenting on issues, um, because it's only through those spaces that we actually get good outcomes for everyone. Neil, sorry to turn this into, you know, an economics class. We're talking about civil societies, obviously, with you and Australian civil society in particular. Why are we still so obsessed with European models? Like, capitalism, it was invented before Germany was a country and when steam engines were still a newfangled device, you know, whereas now we have this giant, very informed technocratic world with a lot of indigenous... Bef sorry, before... <laughs> capitalism's been around a little bit longer, but perhaps not in the form yeah. that you're referring to. <laughs> 1776, <laughs> Macca, that's when it was invented. No, no I think if you... I think you're both right to an extent, but the, the, the initial ideas of capitalism have existed in China for millennia. So, you know, um, traditional, traditionally China was yes. the largest capitalist society, um, and, and a lot of the ideals of capitalism have come out of, of China historically. Now, they've had a, a bit of a historical blip in that they've sort of become a, a communist state for sort of the last 60 or 70 odd years. In inverted but commas. Yeah, well, I was going to say, commas. sorry, Neil, China is, <laughs> they will say they're a socialist, uh, socialist state. <laughs> what it is, it's state capitalism with the grab motive left in. Yeah. It's, and China has historically had that for, for centuries. So, um, you know, there's elements of Western capitalism. But if you have a look at it, you know, some of the big plans, the Marshall Plan and things like that historically, mm. there was capitalism but a so sense of civil society having its yes. place and space and contributing, you know, it doesn't just benefit me. It's only really been since Reagan and Thatcher that we've seen this hard right, it's all about me. So if I don't get my tax break, if I don't get X or Y, you know, there's consequences accordingly. The sovereign individual. Um, yeah, the sovereign individual is one way of looking at it, but but even just you know everything's about self-interest, and and we've even as an LGBTI community got to be a little bit cautious over this because you know what's in yeah. the best interest of one is not necessarily in the best interest of another, mm. and we forget that we're all part of a collective, you know, human being, the queer community, um, and sometimes there's better strengths that come from being a collective than there is from being an individual.
I'm trying. <laughs> big, big topics on a Saturday morning. Well, big no, topics on a Saturday you know, morning. On Mardi Gras Saturday morning. And I, and I think it's important, you know, to talk about this because whilst you know we we can we can we can say and we can sustain the argument that civil society, you know, is not always doing or you know being able to function in the way we'd like it to. We need to look a little bit further afield sometimes and say, well, how would you feel, how would you talk about civil society in China? How would you talk about civil society in Russia? How would you talk about civil society in Kosovo? You know, like, it doesn't matter where you go, um, there are different threats and different pressures. So I want to acknowledge, you know, we are fortunate, but, you know, we don't need to look at this through rose-coloured glasses because it's actually... There are a lot of people that, and there are organisations that are under threat and that are being pressured. So I thank you, Neil. You know, for for talking about it. We're going to have you have you back again because it's an interesting subject and it's one that I really want people to think about. Dave, Neil, Neil, can I ask you a yes or no question? Otherwise, Paul's going to kill me with his eyes. Is the voice <laughs> is the Indigenous voice to Parliament a good example of progression in a civil society for Australia? I think it is, and, and I know you'll get killed, but I'll give you one more sentence <laughs> over that. But we've, we've got to be careful that we don't, you know, through the marriage equality debate, we never won a single argument by calling anyone a homophobe. Mm. And we've just got to be really careful with the voice that there is differences of opinion and you just often need to listen to them, um, but you won't change somebody's opinion by silencing them or calling them a racist. Um, Educate, so, you know, not attack. Correct, and we learnt that through marriage equality, and we're going to need to do that to get the you know the voice is something I definitely want to succeed. But you know, I come from a migrant background, and I've got family members who have slightly different views in this space, and and I won't be able to switch them over by silencing them or even saying you know you're wrong or you're racist or you're homophobic. As so much as really I might love to. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say as much as I would love to on those points, but yeah, we've got to take the lessons of bringing people together and finding what we have in common as opposed to our Macca, silence me now, honestly, before no, I no. keep talking to Neil no, you all can, day. You can, you can end the subject. How about that? <laughs> Neil, it's been fantastic having you on the air. We do hope you come back on the show soon. Always a pleasure speaking uh, with the crew on Joy. And, um, yeah, hopefully we've set off some interesting discussions for our Mardi Gras weekend. Thank you. Thank you, Neil. Cheers. You are, you are on Saturday Magazine Joy 94.9 with Macca and Dave. And who's coming up next, Paul? We've got the gas man on the phone, Mac. We're going to be oh, talking all oh. about the news. Fantastic. Stay with us. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.